Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. I'm singing already because I've heard, I've heard, I've listened, and We've got our first of probably many male guests today, and Jason has agreed to be our guinea pig, our OG, Jason McCleary. So we are all have different points of views. Ladies, let's hear it from them. Let's hear their side because we're so vocal in our side. Jason, husband to an amazing wife. His words, not mine. I'm sure she's nice, but his words, not mine. Amazing, which is always nice to hear. And a nice daddy to three incredible kiddos. He's a coach. He's a podcaster and a personal development junkie right up our alley, loves to learn. So he works with dads who are feeling lost, stuck, or in need of something more in their life. More importantly, to rediscover their identity outside of just being dad. I'm going to just stop that sentence right there because those are our words as well. And Mm. we seem to, when we pair up and become a team or a union, we're definitely going to talk about like just a couple marriage thing. But when did Jason stop being Jason? Because he's dad, he's someone's daddy, someone's husband. I was always someone's mom. So we're going to get, oh, this is going to be good. I just know it. So first I say welcome, Jason, and thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for having me. I'm really excited to be here and really happy to be the first male voice on on the podcast. Okay, (laughs) you're hearing it. for It's for real. And we always start with, you know, tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Yeah, well, like you mentioned in the bio there, first and foremost, I am a husband to my amazing wife, Becky. Uh, We've Mm -hmm. been married for a little over 16 years now. We've got Mm -hmm. three amazing children. They are 11. My son will be 13 in two days. And my oldest is 15. So about two years ah, time span in between the three of them. And ah, yeah, I'm just, those uh, fun teenage years. Yes, we, yes. we should check in with Jason in a year or two and <laughs> <laughs> just to see how it's really yeah, going. <laughs> yeah. my, my oldest is currently going through driver's ed and learning to drive. And, and uh-huh. that is a, a fun time, but uh, she's actually really good. She's phenomenal. So I'm, I'm not worried about her at all. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the other two happen to be, but <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Got, you know, 
sometimes you get one good one, then the other, you shake them out. You don't know. And they take turns. They take yes. turns with yes. that little yes, crown they do. too. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, like I said, I'm, I'm a coach for dads. So I help them rediscover their identities after fatherhood. Just like you mentioned, it's been, it was my story too, that I put everything I had into being a dad mm-hmm. and I found myself kind of feeling almost like a martyr of sorts. Like I was kind of addicted to that martyrdom. Like I'm sacrificing everything mm-hmm. of myself mm-hmm. for my family, for my kids. And especially now that they're a little bit older and they don't need me right with them at all times, I kind of fell in this depression of sorts a few years ago in that I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am outside of the family unit. Like I am dad, I am husband, I am coworker, I am whatever, but I didn't know where my passions lie anymore. And it was difficult for me to to find that. And I found myself, like I said, in this a little bit of a depression for uh, about Mm -hmm. a year. Uh, Mm -hmm. until I I finally discovered a way to do that. And luckily with the help of my amazing wife, who has always been super supportive of me, you know, we've, we've been able to not only turn that around a little bit, but also find ways to really thrive in not just our marriage, but uh, as a family unit and also individually as Jason and Becky, we've definitely been able to find that little piece of ourselves. And that has helped bring everything else together even more you know, with more strength. So So it's such a familiar story. Yes. And you're all into the dad role and it's so much fun. So, so much fun. And then you find yourself because you lose Jason. You started out in this world as a son. Do you have any siblings? Do I have an older brother? So you were a brother and perhaps yep. there were, you were a cousin, you were this and you were yep. that. And then what happens? I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah. And you yeah. woke up one day or. <laughs> yeah, I think it was kind of an interesting story, like in space. And we met in June of 2004. We engaged in January 2005 and married in November of 2005. Found out we were pregnant in May of 2006. Wow. <laughs> At our first baby, uh, January of 20, 2007. So everything became this kind of whirlwind of everything uh-huh. and where I went from, you know, within a two year span, really two and uh-huh. a half year span, I was a single, single guy who enjoyed backpacking and, and doing adventurous things and those kind of things. And then to suddenly being a couple and finding our way there and then not getting a lot of time for that piece. And then suddenly we right. are parents and are mommy and daddy yeah. and yeah. putting that energy into that role for mm-hmm. the very much needed years of when they're infant and toddler and and everything, Mm -hmm. obviously, obviously I I don't, I don't wish to trade any of that. Like I love that time. I love being a daddy. Mm -hmm. I love being a husband, Sure, but there are pieces of me that I found are missing. And sort of one day I was going to work in my 45 minute commute and I found myself dreading going in. Like, Mm. how can I do this again? You know, this is the same thing every day. And where's the time for me? Where is my personality going to come from? You know, why am I just putting, being a cog in a a business uh, or in Mm -hmm. a corporate business, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I'm just this piece of, okay, this is Natalie's daddy and and Carter's Mm -hmm. daddy and Becky's husband and all these pieces that didn't fit you know, they still, they were pieces of me, but there were pieces of me that were still missing. And so I needed to discover that. And it did take some time to do that. I really had to journal about what my 
ideal identity would be in Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. You know, how do I want to show up as a husband? How do I want to show up as a father? And then how do I just want to be a man? And it does take some time to find those pieces and then discover how do I get there if it's not something that is feeling in my identity now. So I just want to go back to, I heard you say journal. Had Mm -hmm. you always journaled or was this a new practice? Yeah, this was something I... I got really into podcasting and listening to podcasts and Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins and -hmm. and all the personal development podcasts. And I had tried journaling in the past and it just, I don't know, for some reason it never stuck. And this time it was just something about it. It was, it was me just putting down all of myself onto a a piece Mm -hmm. of paper. It it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was just going through the motions like I had in the past. I'm like, Oh, I got to write my three grateful things. I got to do this. It was really pouring all of me into this and things that I hadn't even thought about in years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how do I want to bring that in? Okay. I used to love doing this. Maybe I can't do exactly that now that I have three kids and, and those kind of things, but how do I bring in pieces of that, that really, you know, I enjoyed, like I used to go backpacking quite often and I'd go on like, you know, week long trips and, mm-hmm. and that's not something I can necessarily do right now, or at least not as often as I used to. So how do I get outdoors more? How do I, you know, make sure I get a run in instead of just sitting on the couch all day or, or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So it was just, yeah, it was very cathartic to write down the words is to say, this is what I used to love. This is what I still love. And this is mm. how I think I should bring this into my current life now. So from what I'm hearing, and I don't like to assume, I mean, you, everything happened rather quickly yeah, where yeah. you didn't get much time to adjust <laughs> before there was a family grew by one. Yep. Okay. Now we're you family of four. Oh, what's that? We're going to have another. Yay. <laughs> now we're five. Oh yes, boy. Yes. Mine were spaced out. I have three that are 10 and seven years apart to the prince. So the, the girls are older. And then uh, I have my Sylvaneer. So we always had, I'll say, time in between. Mm. It almost sounds like, not that you're in survival mode, but you're just, you're just going, you're just, we've got like, let's get out of diapers. Oh, now they're running around. And once yeah. one's in school, Yahoo, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's hard to get off the ride Yes, uh, for both. I, and I don't, yes. you know, I don't even know yes. if your wife worked. You have to step off that ride because it's, like Groundhog's Day, it's Monday exactly. through Friday, and then it's the weekend. What are we doing? Let's have some activities. Let's put three kids into three different things. That's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It was kind of the point where my wife would kind of yell at me on Sundays where she's like, you're just crabby. What, what's going on? I'm mm, like, well, I just, mm. it's just going to be another Monday, you know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. as much as, you know, a case of the Mondays kind of thing mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. is cliche. It was very much that. And it, it just felt like, it wasn't even like the work, right. It wasn't, it wasn't no. a job. It wasn't that it was just, it was the monotony of everything. And I very much felt like I was just drifting. Mm. It was just kind of sitting on a boat in a river of life and just letting it push me where it wanted to go and not being very intentional about pretty much anything. And you could definitely see it. I, I definitely, you know, I gained a ton of weight. Our relationship didn't falter per se, but it wasn't awesome. It, it was good. It might not, not have been thriving. Exactly. Yeah. And since that time, we, we've found ways to really come together and create an amazing marriage that I'm I'm really happy mm-hmm. about. And I think is mm-hmm. a, a great piece. But 
but yeah, you do kind of feel like you're just drifting through life. And that mm-hmm. was part of that journaling too, is I, I just want to figure out how, how I can be more intentional with every single aspect of my life that I felt was very important. I too have a long commute, hence early podcast listener, <laughs> you know, and here we find ourselves. We're going to talk about your podcast in a little while. It's so funny. But as you're listening to the self-developments, obviously it's resonating. And I'm sure you've heard that. I love this quote. I really have to remember who in the world said it, but I remember hearing You can go back to the basic of when you're on the airplane, they always tell you to put the oxygen mask on first. And we poo-poo that idea because it doesn't apply to not us because we can keep all the balls juggling in the air. (laughs) But the quote is, I have to have my cup filled and overflowing so that the people, my people, whoever, you get my overflow. If we knew then what we know now, <laughs> but you know what? We needed to learn that to be where we're at. You yeah. know, it, it all needed to happen to put yourself as a priority. And I've oh, and I'm big proponent that is not selfish, right. it is self-care, my friends. Exactly. Self-care, because you said I'm a much better person, I'm a much better partner. I'm sure you were a great dad and just even better because you're happier. Exactly. This is an interesting conversation I had with my wife when I first started the development of of creating who I wanted to be was Mm -hmm. I felt like the first thing I I, kind of tackled was my physical health. I I felt like that was something I could control rather quickly and and take care of that. So the story I was telling myself when Mm -hmm. I was just getting overweight is that I didn't have time to work out or eat or whatever, because that was taking time and resources away from away. my family. Right. Yes. yes. And, I, and I couldn't be, it was interesting. I, uh, I used to walk in the morning and I'd go out like six o'clock in the morning because I'm an early riser. And then we got a puppy and every time I would mm. go out, she would bark and bark and bark and bark and keep my wife awake. And so I felt like I couldn't go out anymore. So at that point I stopped walking and again, felt like I needed to sacrifice something of my, that was good for me in order to make the rest of the family happy or, you know, create some peace or, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I had this conversation with her when I decided I needed to, to do something on for myself. And she's like, of course, it's all you need to do is talk and say what's going on and, and we can figure things out. It, mm-hmm. And the story in my head was that mm. she's going to have this big blow up and I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, I'm, I'm taking time away from her. I'm taking time from the kids and, and those kind of things. But it does amaze me, speaking from a guy's perspective, mm-hmm. how much we tend to think our partners are going to you know, that, that we are taking that time away or those those Mm -hmm. resources away from our family and from them. And the conversations that we have, those uncomfortable conversations, we, in our head, think they're going to be so much worse than they actually are going to be. And time and time again, this happens with my wife. She continues to amaze me on, on the grace that she gives me. But um, I think that obviously plays out in mothers too. Yeah, in in people, so just in, in yeah. people, because I think we're all really good about writing the story <laughs> in our head. This yes. is how it's going to go. Yeah, I'm going to say this. She's going to say that. Yeah, it's not going to go well. She's not going to be happy. But meanwhile, quite honestly, if you were talking about, let's say, describing 
your story, let's say to a friend and be like, oh, you know, my poor friend, he really needs, you know, he wants to take care of himself, but oh, his wife is not going to be happy. <laughs> Imagine that. And yet that's describing your amazing <laughs> wife. And how long does this walk take? You're not walking for a day. You're not exactly, walking for yeah, eight it's, hours. It's 30 minutes. It's it, 45 30, minutes. Yeah, it's, exactly. In, in the yeah. course of how many minutes in the 24-hour span? I mean, we make all of these, I mean, the brick walls that we can lay so quickly. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. Well, I'm, uh, okay, so you have this conversation. You discover, again, that you're married to an amazing woman <laughs> who is like, yeah, come on. The struggle is real. And I think what's, I'll say, refreshing, not, and certainly not surprising, is that it's real for both parties. We as women, oh, we're the mothers. We've birthed these kids. And nine out of 10, we are the main caregivers. Or if we're both working, then you know we're both out of the house. And then there's the daycare, the pickup, the everything to coordinate. But it's almost sometimes I think we want to wear it as a badge. I do more. And I don't know if there was any scorekeeping in your relationship, but that's so common. And then that, of course, can lead to a good old silly fight over (laughs) nothing. Yeah. And that did come up uh, Mm -hmm. a fair amount when we were, you know, early in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of adopted this idea of radical generosity now. Um, Mm. This was a a concept that I got from an author that was on my podcast book is called the 8080 marriage. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, I've heard him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nate Klimp is, is the author, him and his wife wrote this book, 8080 marriage. And the big theme of it is, is this radical generosity. And instead of keeping score, trying to figure out how you can be more than a 50, 50 marriage, right? You're not sharing Mm -hmm. responsibilities per se. You're, you're trying to figure out ways that you can delight and go above and beyond, so things like either bring my wife coffee every morning or pick up Starbucks mm-hmm. for her if I'm out or, or something. And it's such a little thing that you may not even think about it, exactly. but yet, you know, it's really set the tone for, yeah. for the day. Yeah. And there's so many, I don't want to generalize this too much, but there's a lot of guys in, in some of the dad Facebook groups and those kind of things that are, mm-hmm. well, okay, but if I do that, she's not going to reciprocate. And I'm like, Same. well, say scorekeeping. There's yeah, the score exactly. there. Exactly. Get the pad out. Get the scorekeeping. <laughs> just stop. I think they'd be surprised that it. Yeah, absolutely. Know. Are they doing it too? Get the reciprocate. Like exactly. Yes. My response to that is, I don't need my wife's permission or acceptance for me to show love to her in, in mm-hmm. these small ways, mm. and I don't need that reciprocation. And she does, but I don't need that. My purpose for doing these things is to show that I love her and that I care about her day and making her smile in some little way. It's not to, okay, if I do this, maybe she'll, you know, give me mm-hmm. a massage later or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. it's not the purpose. And I think if you're going at it that way, then you are going to, you're going to be disappointed a lot of times because they're not doing exactly like you want them to, even though you never asked them to actually do something for you, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, and that community Communication is, has been um, really important. It is amazing when you do actually talk. I mean, I'm into the marriage game next week. I think will be like 38 years. Congrats. And I always say it's the longest 30. I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard. It really, truly yes. is. I mean, yes. kids out of the house, thank God. 
you know, we're expecting uh, a grandchild this summer. It's also exciting. And the buddy still makes me laugh every day. I can't ask for anything more. Do we (laughs) disagree loudly? Yes, we do. (laughs) We absolutely do. But that's just like our banter and that's what works and nothing is personal. And a lot of times when he says something or when I say something, he honestly had no idea. And in my head, I'm like, well, of course he sees that. He's just doing that to piss me off, isn't he? You know, and he's not. Yeah. There's the story again. Exactly. It has amazed me how much uh, or how often the simple phrase, I'm hearing this, is that what you mean to say, Mm. has gotten out of so many arguments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, very, very, very true. So what came first, the coaching group or the podcast? Were they simultaneous? What made you say, I'm not alone? And now I'm going to just, I'm going to throw 28 questions at one time (laughs) and decide which one you want to, which one you really want to answer. What I really want to know is when you're going through, I'll say your awakening, your friends, Mm. your male friends, either coworkers or, or buddies, is that an easy conversation to have with them? As women, I think we tend to, I mean, it can definitely turn into a bitch session, of course, (laughs) but when you're in the middle of some sort of a growth period, some people may look at you a little side-eyed. So what was that like? How do you share Um, that? Well, stepping back to the first question, the, the mm-hmm. podcast came first. I, okay. I started that because, well, I wanted to learn the things that I didn't know. And I thought the easiest way to do that was to talk to a bunch of people that were experts in marriage and parenting and personal development and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and start doing that and talking to have those conversations. And then that kind of morphed over time into teaching more of what I was learning on the other side of it. But that was uh, 2019. Yeah, beginning mm-hmm. of 2019 is when that first launched. And the name um, of the podcast again. It, it is, is the Epic Dad Podcast. The uh, Epic I, Dad. I love the words. Yes, thank Very you. clever. I definitely did not start it because I was an epic dad. I wanted to become one. So and I continue mm. to be a, a work in progress. So like it. But yeah, to speak on the kind of bigger part of that, yeah. When I started making changes in my life, my friends were well, there was kind of two camps, right? Mm-hmm. You hang out with people who tend to make you feel good, make you laugh, make you do whatever. Mm-hmm. I started to notice when I was talking about the things I was learning or the things that I was trying to change in myself, there were some guys that were like, oh, that's really cool, man. How are you doing that? You know, blah, blah, blah. And being real supportive and, and mm-hmm. those kind of things. And and there were a few of them that were like, well, that's just stupid. You know, it's mm-hmm. not how a man should be or blah, blah, blah. And, and they might be the scorekeepers. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, over time, you kind of distance yourselves from mm-hmm. the guys who, aren't really on the same path as you anymore. And you find other guys and other groups, because there are plenty of us out there that want to be better husbands, want to be better dads, want to be better humans. So it it was a little bit of a, you know, trying to figure out who was still in my group, I guess, who still Mm. wanted to grow and become better and, and not be stuck in this victim mentality or think of, like you said, the scorekeepers and and those kind of things. So it did take a little bit of of time to do that. Probably a good, I don't know, six months to a year to kind of find my new tribe. Well, I know that even at this stage in life and I'm much older, people come into your life for reasons and for seasons. And when you're younger, not everyone's a keeper. 
<laughs> and I would always tell my kids, especially when they were in school, in high school, even in college, I'm like, you haven't met your best friend yet. Yeah. You know, you might have some keepers, you might have a good group. That's great. But there's more out there yeah. and they'll show themselves. You know, the whole, excuse me, idea of like energies kind of attract is, is really interesting to me. I think as you're, you're trying to learn new things and, and you're putting yourself out there, especially if you're, you know, doing a podcast about mm-hmm, personal development mm-hmm. and those kind of things, then you tend to attract those people that, that are moving in that same direction as you and are going to help you either get to the next level, or mm-hmm. maybe you're helping them get to that next level. And you're kind of reciprocating what you've already gained from somebody else above you. So I think it's been an interesting journey and I think it'll continue to be that way as go forward. So. What was your childhood like and your relationship with your dad? I've talked about this a couple of times on my podcast. My parents have been married. They'll be celebrating 50 years this year. Oh, how um, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in a very loving family. My dad was the kind of guy who, you know, he's always at my basketball games and band concerts mm. and those kind of things. But I really don't remember him actually saying I love you very often, mm. but mm. I felt it. Like I knew it. I, he mm-hmm. was there. He was, my car broke down on the side of the road or something. He was there to pick mm-hmm. me up and help me fix it. Mm-hmm. All these things. So I learned a lot from him in the, in the way of showing love versus just saying, I love you. And there are things that he, I guess the way he raised me that I still am is part of my life and who I want to be as a father. And there are certain things that I want to change and be a little bit different. Sure. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of them. Like I, I've noticed that with my son, especially that I do have a hard time showing affection and, and saying I love mm-hmm. you and those kind of things. And that's something that I've been more intentional about over the last few years and, and trying to kind of change that path. There's always good and there's always bad mm-hmm. in childhood. And, and mm-hmm. luckily my parents are still together. Everybody still mm-hmm. loves each other, but uh, there's always something to improve upon for sure. I think it's fun that as that next generation you get to pick and choose. Now, sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. You know, I was raised very strict. We had chores, we had this, we had that. And I did have my kids do chores and still, I think it's very important. You make your bed. It's like, it's a simple task. (laughs) It starts your day, you know, but there was also a ton of stuff that, Believe me, my father and my mother-in-law, may she rest in peace, she would be like, why are you letting them do that? Because we do. Yeah, <laughs> they can do that. It's it's okay here. Well, yeah. you people, I'm like, I know we are. Oh, well, that's us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is, it's, it's difficult to, I guess, block out some of those voices that, mm-hmm. that are meant with care, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're meant with mm-hmm. love. They're, they're trying are to... Love- <laughs> are they... <laughs> I would opinion, say most of the opinion. time. Yes. Yes. Okay. But um, yeah. you have to really filter. Exactly. That. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to find out what works for you, works for your and kids. your family. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I just had this conversation uh, this week, but I, I talk about it a lot. It's, it, it always amazes me. My kids are two years apart, all raised in the same house, same environment, same, you know, mm-hmm. love from both of our parents, both of me and my wife and totally vastly different children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yeah, it's, it's, difficult it's with to, anybody. Exactly. They, you know, totally different ways that they love, uh, totally different ways they'd like to be loved, totally different mm-hmm. ways to be disciplined. Yeah, yep. it's always uh, a bit of a test and, and fail and test and fail. And 
they're good at that. <laughs> that, that and you're a little outnumbered. Exactly. Uh, yes. They can definitely, and they're closer in age that they can definitely ha- they form a coup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can definitely form a coup <laughs> if they were really serious. But I'm curious on your opinion as far as do you and your wife have, a, let's say, a consistent policy? Like it's doesn't matter if they ask you or if they ask mom, are they going to get the same answer? Because this is, you know, how we feel about this, <laughs> you, you know, or what did your yeah. mother say? Yeah. Believe I would they, say... they would always play us. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. I would say on the big things, we're usually in line. If there's an mm-hmm. occasional, oh, can I have a cookie? Well, well sure. You know, maybe that mm-hmm. slips through every once in a while. But yeah, the, the big things they know how we feel about certain values in our family and about Mm -hmm. how we raise each other up. And and those things, those big important values with the family that we're all all on par with, but yeah, there's always those things here and there like, well, mom said no, but can I ask you? And maybe I let it Mm -hmm. slide. It just kind of depends on what it is, but generally speaking, we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For most times it's definitely important. You had said earlier, and I'm just curious that your 15 year old is learning to drive because she's going to driver's ed. Yes. So after having three kids and and my girls, my two older girls were late drivers. I mean, we here in, in New York, you can drive at 16. They didn't even show any interest till they were like 19 because oh, well, okay. their friends always drove them everywhere. Oh. And that was fine. <laughs> and even at that point, and one did take driver's ed, one didn't. And I swear there should be a law that parents should never teach their children how to drive. <laughs> you lose like eight years of your life. <laughs> During the process. There's certainly, that's something that I have to do versus my wife because she gets a little Mm -hmm. bit anxious with it. (laughs) And actually they are required in Illinois to have uh, a driver's ed of some sort, a certain amount of classroom hours, and then a certain amount of driving instruction Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. with them. But then uh, what is it like 60 hours that you have to have for where you don't have a parent or adult. Yeah. That process has been, it has been interesting to see. It both scares me and makes me proud that she's an amazing child growing up to be an amazing woman. But then again, it very much scares me to see that she's three, four years away from leaving the nest, right? And kind of going off. And it kind of makes me think, you know, am I passing along the values and lessons that I want to make sure she has before she leaves the house? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's definitely bringing up feelings. <laughs> 18, you're, oh, oh, you're welcome. We have them. Yeah, 18 summers that go really, really fast. Yes. But my oldest did not go away to school, so I had a little time with that. And when my middle one did, I wanted all of my kids to go away because I was never afforded that opportunity. Mm. And I'm like, you're going. For sure you're going. <laughs> and it was, you know, my older one who's like, I don't want to go. Like, what? Wait, what? That's not in the plan. So she stayed local. And so when the middle one went, yeah, we packed up that car and packed out that room and brought her yeah. to lunch and bye bye. It's a high five moment. Just, I mean, you know, like high school graduation, one of the top three. I just loved that day. It's such a proud. I mean, they worked hard for that. The kids do, yeah. but it's a great parent moment. And yeah. we don't give ourselves that high five when they go to college. Do you miss them? Yes. Cause then it's a whole new family dynamic, but when they come home that they did it, the independent teach them how to do laundry. You got to give yourself a high five. 
I see a lot of people get too caught up when those kids go away to school. Then what? That's their cohort. That's their identity. And then they're just stuck versus, damn, Jason, great job. You know, look at her. She's she's living, you know, on. She's figuring it out when she's not sure she's still caught. Whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, personally, I just hope that instill enough, like I said, values and love and and respect that if she does have some issues that she can call Mm -hmm. me and she knows that she can call me. And and if there's trouble for some reason that that I'm Mm -hmm. still there. And I had a a conversation with an author who was on my podcast who wrote Mm -hmm. about her dad, who was, you know, a really amazing force in her life, if you will. And Mm She talked about how she went to a party in high school and there was some underage drinking and kind of got mm-hmm. trouble, but was still able to call her dad and have him kind of come and rescue her in a way. And I always thought to myself, like, I want to be that dad that can, no matter what's going on, mm-hmm. maybe she's going to get in trouble, but she knows that she can call me right? and right. I'm going to come and help if I can. Yeah. And, yeah. and that comes with a lot of conversations. Yeah. But then the hardest thing is, you know, I, I we did that as far as like amnesty free. I don't care what time of night it is. It didn't go on forever because, <laughs> you know, after a while, you know how to make the better choices. But, right. you know, while you're in school and especially with young girls not feeling it or, you know, that mm, the crowd is going to leave to go to second location and, you know, you shouldn't. And now in this day and age text, here's the code word, drop the pin. Absolutely. And no questions asked, never have to talk about it if you don't want to. But yeah, just the conversation of having that repeatedly, not just the night that they go out for the party or whatever. Yeah, it's knowing that. And if they do reach for the card and do call, follow up with what you told them that it's going to be. And even if if a friend calls and they're really drunk, it's going to happen. And then the next part of that is the how we react. Yep. Like you said, it's kind of the the whole conversation. It's how you act on the little things too. It's it's mm-hmm. okay. They accidentally drop something and break it. Did you freak out on them and scream at them? And why are you dumb? Mm-hmm. And why are you breaking things? Or are you mm-hmm. understanding? And all these little things are going to add up to when those big problems do arise. Do they still right. feel comfortable to call you? Right. And I mean, today's world even crazier yeah. with just the amount of social media and noise that yes is at you at 24 <laughs> 7 and i'll say the extra little prayer for you jason thank you um, <laughs> how um the children because they're two years apart are they close they all get along i mean they're siblings On so obviously days. there's uh-huh. some there's some sibling yeah. rivalry every once in a while but mm-hmm. yeah they all get along pretty well i hope that stays i hope that stays into the when they get older my brother and i definitely we're four and a half years apart. I'm the younger Mm -hmm. and we were never really super close. Mm -hmm. Part of that was because I was 15 and he had his first kid at 19. So we were in very different places. Different, right? Mm -hmm. And and so we just didn't, we weren't very close and continue not to be. It's not that we hate each other or anything. We Mm -hmm. just don't chat very often, but I hope my kids kind of stay that way. They they're definitely, you know, hanging out together and they might actually be hanging out together right now, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is interesting how they they do interact with each other though, because my two younger ones are are super close. They're together almost all the time, 
but part of that is, you know, the maturity level, because my, like I said, my oldest is in high school, mm-hmm. and she wants to mm-hmm. do the high school thing. And, right. And uh, yeah, I hope that that remains. And I hope I can somehow maintain that for them or at least, mm-hmm. you know, help. It is nice to know and to see again, mine are two are in their 30s, and, and my son turns 26 this year. And when something big happens in their life, or even if they're struggling or whatever, I know they have a sibling text group, you know, that they do. And they just, I like that a lot. And I don't need to know everything. They'll tell (laughs) me something like after, and I'll be like, oh, wow. Well, I'm glad you guys, you know, I'm glad he called you. I'm glad she reached out. I'm glad you guys worked it out. I'm good. (laughs) So it's, it's nice that they, uh, that they definitely have each other. So, on your podcast, tell me who was, I'll say what you think is one of your most interesting guests. Well, I really liked the conversation with Nate Clamp for the mm-hmm. 80 marriage. That was a, yeah. a really good one. I, I enjoyed yeah. that very much. Because it was him and his wife, right? Uh, just or him just for him? the podcast. Oh, yeah. okay. But they um, co-wrote the book. They co-wrote the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they interviewed like mm-hmm. a couple hundred different mm-hmm. couples or something. Along those yeah. Lines. But yeah, that was a really good one uh, as far as marriage is concerned. My my personal coach is Desi Abeda. I've had mm-hmm. him on my podcast a couple of times and he mm-hmm. is amazing. We talked a lot about what it means to be a provider as a man because mm. um, we have some kind of different ideas on that uh, as far as the kind of traditional just monetary providing. And then my favorite one is my wife was on. Uh, ah, uh, <laughs> and, now if my husband listens to this, because he's be like, <laughs> when I interviewed my son, he came up, Greg thought it would be funny to bring my husband on like right at the end. And all he did was laugh because I wasn't prepared for that. And then it was, it was a debacle. But when I said, oh, I'm interviewing my first male guest, he's like, again, not me. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So he'll yeah. have you to thank for this. So tell me how, how was that? And what was uh, that chat about? It was really good. It was, we talked about my, my wife suffered from post depression and then continued on to kind of continue the, the depression and anxiety uh, role. So I wanted to have that conversation with her, not only just because there were some things that we hadn't actually talked about outside mm-hmm. of that. So that was kind of cathartic for us. But, you know, I also wanted dads that listen to the podcast to hear what it's like. Exactly. And mm-hmm. from her point of view of what I did right and what I could have mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. in response to her and, you know, how we work together to get, get help and how we continue to work together when either of us, because I've spoken about this too, I, I suffer from depression a little bit milder than mm-hmm. her. But when we are going through those kind of times, uh, mm-hmm. we both, I wanted to make sure that we each knew how to address each other and help each other and, and support each other in those times. And then also talk to dads about, you know, the signs to look for, for postpartum depression. Cause I think there's a lot of times when that's not necessarily caught and especially new dads kind of think, well, maybe this is just how it's going to be now. And, and yeah, that first time out is, yeah. you know, when they hand you that baby <laughs> and say, here you go. Yeah. Okay. And you know, you come home with the baby and you look at each other and you're like, Oh my God, they let us take home. <laughs> Holy crap. The now manual. what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, where, where is that manual? <laughs> we forgot that part. Exactly. That was, oh, I got to go and listen to that. That is yes. very, very interesting and yeah. so smart. 
yeah, very fun one. It, it was good to have a conversation, like I said, that we just hadn't had mm-hmm. before without that. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, I don't know if we would have had uh, had right. we not had that little outlet. So ah, love that, love, love. So, what does a Monday look like now? Because you, we started this journey, and you were kind of dreading a case of the Mondays, and yeah. now, what does it look like? There are still times when, uh, like I said, when I meet those depressive times, I actually, I I did a post on LinkedIn this week as I wanted to write a post and nothing. It was just one of those days when the time was very heavy. But for the most part, I feel as long as I have these habits, I I created a lot of habits and systems in my life to, Mm. for my mental health, for my physical health, for our, our marriage, all these things that we've kind of put together. And as long as I'm continuing to do those and do those intentionally, most of my days are doing pretty well. You know, I wake up early Well, my dogs wake me up at like 530 in the morning because mm-hmm, they need to go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get a couple hours to myself just to contemplate what I want to do for the day, do a little bit of journaling, do some work or just read or sit. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things I'm really working on now is just sitting. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. kind of the type of person that has to fill any waking moment with something and it's not always work related, but it's gotta be something, you know, it's, it's listening to podcasts, reading a book, watching a silly YouTube video, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I found that I wasn't finding time to just sit and be quiet and listen to myself and, you know, find some of the creativity that I had been lacking over the years. So that's something I'm actively working on right now. (laughs) Mm. So go back a second because men I've, and I'm, it's my generalization disclaimer, men identify themselves by mm-hmm. their career, yeah, by absolutely. their work, by what they do, by their salary. Yeah. That's very much the provider thing, right? It's, we think it is our job to be mm-hmm. a monetary provider and we use that in generalization, of course, we mm-hmm. use that mm-hmm. as an excuse to work really long hours, to put off our health in in terms of, well, I just don't have time because I have this project going on at work or or Mm -hmm. whatever. And we don't see that there are other ways that we we provide as well. You know, it's not just the mother that's nurturing. You know, the father absolutely has that capability. It's not just your presence even. Obviously, if you're there, but you're on Mm -hmm. your phone, you're taking up space, right? Yeah, you're taking up space. But people it, consider that being there. Yeah, oh well, yeah, I'm, absolutely. Uh, but I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. What are you talking about? I'm, but I'm, I'm here. not here. Right. Yeah. And just being, for me, to be present, to be loving, to be nurturing, to be providing any sort of guidance to my children, helping my wife, just being there to have a conversation, to be mm-hmm. a shoulder to cry on. I was one that always felt like I had to fix things versus Mm. supporting. So that's something I've been trying to do as well uh, is that, okay, are you looking for a solution or are you just looking for support? Mm -hmm. And that's gotten me out of a lot of uh, arguments as well. (laughs) There's a lot of powerful little catchphrases. Oh, for sure. Like, do you want my opinion (laughs) or am I just listening? Oh, okay. I'm just listening. All right. Feedback or to be a cheater. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Define the role and that, again, it just comes down to that communication again. Absolutely. 
how am I supposed to know if you come home and you're telling me the story that I'm as outraged as you are and that's not what you wanted? Yeah. It's been a journey for sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, luckily we found that fairly early on in our marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously there was a six, several years to, to get that worked out, but um, yeah, it's been good to see myself as more of a, a provider of everything, not just, not just money. You know, my wife owns her own business too. So we definitely share those responsibilities as far as the, the finances go. We share the responsibilities mm -hmm. as far as our parenting goes and maintaining the house and everything. And it's just uh, uh, going back to the ADA marriage thing. It's how can we do the things that are going to support us as a team yeah. versus me and you just happen to be in the same house. You know? Correct. Oh, I love. So what does the rest of 2022 look like for you? 2022 is going to be pretty interesting. I think mm -hmm. my wife is in the process of kind of switching her business up a little bit, which is going to be, and makes for some interesting dichotomies and such. It's going to be, yes, going to be change. It's going to be change and um, change is. <laughs> change is scary sometimes. It but, is. Uh, it is. Last year was very much a focus on myself and my health. And the beginning of this year has kind of been the focus of my mental health. The rest of this year, we're putting a big focus on us as a couple and how we mm. can be more than just roommates. I mean, we're, we're definitely more than that now, but you know, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're really thriving as a couple and that we are showing our kids what a mm. healthy marriage looks like. So, so important. Now, nosy personal question, and you can just say next, but it won't be that personal. Um, but do you do any like date nights? Do you ever vacation a short little weekend by yeah. yourselves without them? Because <laughs> they'll survive. Yes. Everybody yeah. survives. Yeah, we do date nights. Well, it's been, been difficult over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yeah, we do date nights about once a week. We had been going on like weekend getaways mm -hmm. a, a couple times a year. That was put down a little bit because of the pandemic of and course, everything, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to pick that up a little bit more. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, one of the things I'd really like to do is we haven't done really extended trips on our own. You know, we've, mm -hmm. we've done just two, three days. Yeah. Quickies. Right, right, right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I would love to do like a really big adventure, just the two of us to share those memories. Cause we didn't really have that either before we had kids and now the kids are a little bit older. They can, they can right. kind of kind of maintain their own selves. Obviously they'll still have somebody watch them like grandma, grandpa of course, or something. But it's, but it's much, it's easier. It definitely yeah, is. That's, that's like, why I was curious. Exactly. Yeah. We don't feel like we're burdening grandma mm -hmm. and grandpa to watch them for a week because mm -hmm. they're not having to like change diapers or, mm -hmm. you know, make weird baby foods or, or whatever, you know, it, it's much easier now. And one of the things that I love about my wife was 24 when we got married, I was mm -hmm. 27. So we're going to be a fairly young empty nesters, you know, be in mm -hmm. early fifties. You know, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that time too. That we it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's I a bet. lot of fun as they're in high school and, and you're already starting to experience the, they don't want to hang, obviously yeah. they don't want to <laughs> hang out with us. They have friends <laughs> and all the power to you, but it's a great time to rediscover yourself yes. personally yes. and then do stuff together and like we do still even during the height of the pandemic when everything most everything was shut down and it was crappy it was a crappy spring it was rainy and cold yeah. and damp and I'm like it, it just can't get any worse <laughs> but like on Fridays just to get out 
we would just get in the car and drive and we would just drive out east and just, wow, nothing's really happening. Or maybe if a nursery was open, let's go buy some flowers yeah. early or just I felt funny even saying date night because people make that to be a whole big deal. Hey, let's go out and grab a cup. of. I have to go make a return. Come with me. Believe yeah. me, whenever I say that, I know. The first question is, how many stores? <laughs> All right, I'll give you two. Like, But it's just like time in the car. Yeah. It's just time together. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of things we've been doing now is, you know, go for a walk around the neighborhood mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we got these little, thought I had them here, but they're little like question cards that just mm. do little things like, um, you know, where haven't we traveled that we'd love to travel and have a conversation mm. about that. Just small things that don't have to be well, don't have to spend right. any money really. And, and don't even have to get away from the kids too right. much. Like we could just say, we're going to hang out in our room for a couple hours and you guys can go watch a show or, or do mm-hmm. whatever for a little bit, which is again, something that we couldn't do when they were, they were tiny, but, no. yeah. but now that they're older, it's, you know, it gives easier. us an opportunity to it's, rediscover it just each other. Get, it's getting yeah. there. And Oh, yeah. from one empty nester, one came back after college and we're like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, but once he left, I'm like, checkered flag. Yes. Yes. It was, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot to look forward to for sure. I thank you so much for this time. So first name of the podcast, if you have the Facebook group, your coaching and where we can find you on social. Yeah. So the podcast again is the Epic Dad Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, pretty much all the things. The Instagram I'm on somewhat, not very much, is Mm -hmm. epic.dad.coaching. And then I'm mostly on LinkedIn these days and it's just Jason McCleary and you can find me there most of the time. And and the the website is epicdadcoaching.com. Epic Dad. Yeah. I think this was, I enjoy the point of view. But at the end of the day, we're all still just people, different genders by birth who have the same feelings, who have the same insecurities, who write the same silly stories in their head. Absolutely. That aren't true. (laughs) For sure. Yes, I've enjoyed this immensely. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And okay, first of many, I'm going to tell you, I think this... It's going to make for a nice Father's Day. And for everyone that still has their dad around, I'm lucky mine at 89 is still with us. I wish everybody a wonderful, happy Father's Day to those with us, to those we had who are always with us. I appreciate everybody listening. Love your comments. And you see, I am listening. I'm doing this. So website joyfoundhere.com drop them we'd love to hear more and thank you as always be well thanks for listening to this week's episode of the joy found here podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard today please share it with a friend and of course if you haven't already done so subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.